Focus on Podcast. A deeper look. Of all the podcasts we've done so far, I felt on very familiar territory with all of them, until we got to this one. Which is weird, really, in that geothermal energy has been used commercially for way over 100 years, and of course the Romans were renowned for their hot baths 2,000 years ago. But modern geothermal energy is a rather more sophisticated beast. No longer is it restricted to geologically blessed areas like Iceland or anywhere else with a handy supply of hot springs. It's now becoming possible, even for cold wet islands like Britain, to decarbonise their heating and even produce power. Nick Cameron, BP Technology Team. What the, the current industry is about is really two main strands. One is simply using that heat for heating buildings or for industrial heat or for water heating. And then the second form is taking it and actually using it to generate electrical power that one can then transmit through the national grid or or its equivalent and use for anything else that one would use electricity for. Now, the most amazing goal is to decarbonise urban heating because cities are such huge energy users and a lot of the energy is used for heat. So if you can get heat direct to a city, that's the ideal. And in Paris, they seem to be managing this to a certain amount, don't they? John Busby, geothermal specialist working with the British Geological Survey. Paris have developed some of their deeper geothermal from the 1980s and it's used for a lot of district heating in the suburbs. And it's been very well developed, and it's an example of once you get some of those boreholes into the ground, you begin to understand the resource, then the risk goes down to the point where you can pretty much guarantee what you're going to find. And that's the point about getting over this, the risk of the first borehole. You feel like the trailblazers are the people who take the risk. As you begin to develop your resource, then you understand it, and then you can develop it in a very sustainable way. But it's interesting that Paris, that was developed from the 1980s, but in the first years they did get quite a lot of government support to get those first boreholes down. So they are a good case study of how to go about planning geothermal and how it can then make a considerable contribution to the heating problem. In terms of cities, so urban heating needs, are there any other cities we should look towards as an example, if you like? I suppose another good example of of where they've been very successful is Munich, where they have a particular resource. They have limestone at depth, and so they've been able to do quite a lot of exploration to map out that that rock unit at depth. And they've now got a a large number of boreholes in which they're using that for heating the city through district heating networks. And and that's worked very well, very well there. But it it is a good resource, there's no question about that. Merit Brommer, Executive Director of the International Geothermal Association. The city of Munich, they had developed the vision back in 2005 that they want to be completely carbon neutral by the end of 2030. And they were very fossil fuel dependent when it came down to both electricity and heating and cooling. So they put a target in there that said 90% of our energy consumption and hence demand should be coming from geothermal. It's now 2020 and they're on the roadmap. They should be at about 75% of implementing the geothermal projects and they're on track and they're doing it wonderful. So this is for me a classic example of how you can put a vision on how geothermal can help to clean up 
your energy system through effective planning, field development, but also spot-on communication. Because something that we have to be mindful of is that geothermal will always need a strong public acceptance. And that social license to operate, especially close to our cities and communities where people live, work, bring their kids to school, that is vital for the successful implementation of geothermal. So Munich to me, not only from an engineering, geoscience, visionary point of view, but also to the dedicated implementation of having geothermal be part of your street is something absolutely successful. Another example, and this is maybe venturing into greenhouses and sustainable food, um, I think what has happened over the past 10 years in the Netherlands is also quite interesting when you look at a country such as the Netherlands, which is very fortunate when it comes down to their natural gas resources and having a green tech uh, environment, uh, because we are very famous for our greenhouses and our cucumbers and tomatoes, etc. And seeing a shift from gas to geothermal in the Netherlands and hence the greenhouse corporations who deliberately wanted to see geothermal replacing their gas demand and their gas supply in order to look at costs but also to be a stable baseload supplier of heat having more ownership and control on your own piece of land that's you know direct supply of that heat and hence it was another coordinated approach towards developing geothermal projects specifically for the greenhouse sector in order to shy away from gas and substitute that with something more clean hence geothermal now, back in the UK, of course, there's projects going on in Cornwall, isn't there? That's right. So the Cornish project is one of these areas where you get elevated temperatures at shallower depths. So there are two projects. The project which is most advanced is at United Downs, and they've drilled two wells. So one to just over five kilometres depth, the second to two and a half kilometres. And they've got a temperature of around 195, 200 degrees centigrade at five kilometres. So there's a fairly vertical fracture zone known as a cross course in which both the wells intersect, one at shallower depth, one at deeper depth. And so what they're hoping to do is to pump water from the deep well and then inject it back in through the shallower well. And so you'll then get a circulatory system through that fracture zone so the water will heat up as it goes to depth and then you'll bring it up to about 190 degrees. And that is then being used for power generation. They've got to the point where, so the wells are down, and they're now about to try and do what we call a circulation test in order to see how much water flow they can get. The second project is actually at the Eden project. It's on a, another granite. And it's a similar proposal to try and drill to depth into one of these cross courses, a different cross course. And they will then do both power generation and they'll use the heat to heat the biomes at the Eden project. So they have a, essentially an on-site market for the heat as well as generating power. But they're a bit further behind in that they only received grant funding last year and so their proposal is to start drilling in this summer. My name is Ryan Law. I am founder and managing director of Geothermal Engineering Limited. What we've ended up doing in Cornwall is we are developing the UK's first power project. Now, Cornwall is, is the hottest place in the UK in terms of temperatures underground. You know, if you've ever been to Cornwall, you will have seen the granite houses. Well, Cornwall is underlain by granite, and granite generates heat. 
It's full of elements that generate heat and we just tap into the hot water. It's been a long, long time in the making, this particular project, and it's by far the deepest onshore well in the UK. And the aim of the project is to have water circulating at those sorts of depths within the rock and be brought to the surface. We pass that water through a heat exchanger and on the other side of the heat exchanger we have a fluid that circulates round and instead of just heating a house that fluid is heated up to close to 175 degrees C and it turns to a vapour and drives a turbine. So the project is geared towards 24-7 electricity production so it doesn't really stop but even though it does produce electricity the byproduct of the electricity is heat, gets back to this geothermal, it's all based on heat. So we have a sort of combined strategy for that site, which is electricity production. It is use of heat, so use of heat locally at large scale. So that can be greenhouses, that can be, in our case, it looks like it's going to be uh, the UK's first rum production and distillery, all, all heated from geothermal and some follow-on effectively zero kilometer food production from that heat and why we're sort of heading down that route is that geothermal electricity in itself at these deeper levels to make it cost effective you really have to use the heat as well you can't just be a sort of standalone electricity generation you know the costs of drilling to those sorts of depths and developing these sorts of projects you have to have something tacked on to the electricity. So it's electricity, it's baseload heat as well. And over the last two years, there has been a lot of interest in also what is in those deep geothermal fluids. In Cornwall, it's not just heat, but there seems to be a lot of lithium within that geothermal water. So we're, we're sort of now heading towards a three-pronged approach, which is electricity, heat, and zero carbon lithium. And it does look like a nice combination of offerings to make the project more economically viable. All gets back to this risk stroke reward model. This is called the EGS technique, the Enhanced Geothermal Systems. And I think what is so great about Cornwall is that it demonstrates that people were able to mobilize funds into such a new approach. And hence, it's always good when you have good demonstrators on site proving that you're right when it comes down to the technology, to the exploration stages in terms of finding the right configuration, in terms of hitting the reservoir on target at the depth that you wanted to do that with the temperatures and with let's say, a certain flow that you can establish. What about outside of Europe? What interesting geothermal projects are happening across the rest of the world? China's obviously really important globally in, in so many respects. It's estimated that China's got about 8% of the global geothermal resource. And while it's not as hot as some other countries in the, in the world, that resource is dominated by low and medium temperature plays. The scale of China and the Chinese market, it means that geothermal in China could be a very big growth area indeed. One example of this is the new airport that was built in, in Beijing last year, where they've actually built a, a giant new terminal. And that entire terminal building is heated and cooled using ground source heat pumps. Now, these are a form of geothermal energy where you, you take electrical power and combine that with geothermal energy to heat and cool buildings. And they're really 
really rather efficient. For every kilowatt of electrical power that you put in, you get something like three or four kilowatts of thermal energy out. And in in the Beijing case, I, I think it's about 12 megawatts of power that they've installed there. They're saving something like 15 or 16,000 tonnes of CO2 emissions a year compared with heating it from electricity that was generated by coal. Now, in terms of your personal journey, I know that roller coasters are exhilarating. But if you've been on a roller coaster for 10 years, there's nothing like getting off and sitting quietly and enjoying an ice cream for a while. When do you think you get to sit and enjoy the ice cream, Ryan? (laughs) Right. Well, I've been waiting for my ice cream for a long time. It always seems to be a year ahead. We're at the point now where we've, we've pretty much proved everything in terms of the concept. And as we move out to develop other sites in this way is the point at which you, you hand on to others to, as it were, repeat the process. So for me, you know, the excitement in doing these sorts of projects is you're almost started from a blank page and you develop everything on the hoof as you run through that project. At the end of this project, so we should switch on electricity at the end of next year, at that point then then the development of other projects becomes more routine and it's at that point that we have the intention to have a much larger partner involved with us as we routinely develop the other projects. So that is in theory the ice cream moment, but I'll um, I'll believe it when I see it. So it's true, a lot of factors have to be aligned to make these projects a reality. You've got to find the right reservoir at the right depth and temperature, and you've got to demonstrate that the heat can be economically extracted. But these demonstration projects going on at the moment are critical and well worth the effort. Natural hydrothermal systems are often not close to urban areas, the areas that need the energy so badly. But enhanced geothermal systems could change all that. And I bet they will. In fact, I bet you a geothermally chilled ice cream within the next 20 years. This was a BB Technology Outlook production. Focus on geothermal. Podcast. A deeper look.